This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Hey everyone and welcome to this edition of Let's Talk Adult, where we talk smart sex talk. And I'm Jim Williams, your host and my partner in crime, the one, the only, the man who is the king of the world, Glenn King. Glenn, some opening remarks and please, we'd love to introduce our guest. Greetings everybody and welcome to Let's Talk Adults where we bring you uh, adult entertainment talk for the adult entertainment curious because everyone has that dark little secret area of their mind where they think constantly about porn stars and what they're really like. And that's what we're here for is to bring you information and advice and behind the scenes type stuff about what the world of adult entertainment is really like. And Jim, today, (laughs) Mm -hmm. listen to this resume of our guest today. This is going to blow you away. She's the star of hundreds of adult videos, maybe even thousands. She was stripper of the year a few years ago. She's been on numerous box covers, hosted her own show on Playboy Spice Radio's Playboy Spice Radio worked in the industry in very uh, many other capacities, such as she worked for one of the top talent agencies. She's taught many of today's top feature dancers how to practice their craft, worked as a production manager, and if that wasn't enough, She is a mainstream video superstar, having appeared in shows like Entourage, Detention, and an upcoming movie called Slumber Party Slaughter Number 2. Not number one, which was for losers, but number two, which is the good one in the series. So that person, Jim, is the legendary Brooke Haven. Yay! Yay! Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad to be a part of this. She's also my role dog and one of my best friends ever. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Now that's the title that's priceless. No. Boy, have go. we had some memories in our time, Glenn. <laughs> we do have some stories <laughs> oh to tell. If this were like a three-hour podcast, we could fill it up with <laughs> just those stories. But I do. I'm planning on asking at the end about some of this stuff here. We'll we'll uh, we'll tell a few we'll of them. We'll get to it. Huh? We'll get to it. All right. Well. <laughs> We'll start at the beginning then. Um, Brooke, tell us how you got into the adult entertainment industry. Oh, let's see. So once upon a time when I was just a little house dancer, which is, if for some of you that don't know what a house dancer is, you're not a feature entertainer. A feature entertainer is a porn star or headliner that gets paid to appear at the club for a certain amount of shows. When you're a house dancer, you're basically just go to the club and you have to pay to strip at that club. You're kind of renting the stage, if you will, and renting the lap dances. And then the men are renting your lap or their lap. Are you <laughs> renting you for their lap? Actually, I should say. Uh, so back when I was a house dancer, I was dancing with this girl who some of you may have heard of named Lexi Marie. And uh, she got into the adult business before me. And I just remember I was so envious of the life she started to live. And she was just constantly going. We were living in Arizona. She was just going back and forth. And she was shooting for all these magazines and movies and living her best life. And I was like, well, I want to do this. Why am I not doing this? I have sex for free. Damn it. I want to go do it on movies. (laughs) So she introduced me to um, Derek Hay from LA Direct Models. And that was my agent. He signed me immediately at the age of 24. And that was it. I mean, my career just, you know, it started off a little slow. 
I hadn't really found myself sexually yet in a lot of ways. But once, like a year or so in, and I did find myself sexually and learned how to orgasm and just really became a woman, I would say, that was it. My career just took off after that. Really? And here so I am with you. expand on that a little bit. So what was the difference, though, between those first few scenes you did? Was it just the companies you were booked with, or was it just you in your own head developing a comfort level? I think it was just me and my own head and developing a comfort level. I think you said that perfectly. Um, I had never had an actual orgasm, and I believe me, believe you me, when I tell you I had a lot of random sex before getting into porn. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes, random. Um, but I just had never had the big O. I didn't understand it. I never masturbated. I just, nobody ever gave me an orgasm. I just, and that was probably less about them not being able to make me orgasm, but, but me being in my head. Like if you're but, not sexually comfortable with yourself and you don't feel like you're sexy and you just, you don't realize how moving your hips and moaning is all part of it. But weren't you um, a, a considering yourself a lesbian before you got in porn when you were a stripper? <laughs> I mean, not a, I, mean I know you had sex with guys, but I think you, you told me that you preferred women, right? Well, see, funny. That's a great subject because you'll laugh at how my outlook on that is now. <laughs> so back in those days, I did maybe think I was a lesbian. And I had been involved in threesomes and girls went down on me and I went down on them and it was all whatever. And that was all before porn, but I still hadn't had the big orgasm. However, now, now that I'm a little older, my take on girls and things is I love women's boobs and I love their faces, but I want zero to do with their vaginas. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's quite a lesbian. I'm only lesbian, only lesbian from the waist up. I'll kiss well, the girl all day, play with her boobs all day, but do not take off your pants because I don't want to see your vagina. <laughs> so maybe I'm about to ask the stupidest question of all time then, <laughs> and lesbians are going to protest me. But if you're having lesbian sex and you're not having an orgasm, in other words, when, when I have sex, I know when the sex is over because I blow my load. I ejaculate and that's it. That's sort of when we're wrapping up. That's like the cue, the sign right. that Jim gives me that, hey, we're 40 minutes in. We need to wrap up right. the podcast. Right. Um, if you're having lesbian sex and you're not orgasming, how do you know when the sex is over? That's the thing you don't know. <laughs> and maybe that is what has turned me off of vaginas for life now. It's just because maybe I'm scarred for life because I've just had to go down on so many vaginas. Or, or well, I've made girls come, but well, they or they've pretended. I don't know, but. They've gone down on me for like so long, and we none of us know when the party's over. <laughs> just, just so you know, okay. Just so you know. Besides the fact that we are a very LBDQ uh, friendly show, um, yeah. there are many women who are actual lesbians who do not get an orgasm from oral sex. Or, from, I'm sorry, just let me finish. From oral <laughs> okay. sex. But they do get it from using fingers and or toys. Don't ask me okay. why or how. But I, I, I have extensive experience in the LGBTQ plus community. And that's, a, that's not an uncommon thing for lesbians not to orgasm from oral sex. Okay, well, thank you for not making me feel alienated on that. <laughs> it's not just me. That's my um, public know, service, yes. I also struggle with it with men as well. And I just think the more women I've talked to, I find it's kind of a commonality. Like, unless I'm really super into the dude, I don't want you going down on me. Just don't even do it. I'll go down on you all day long, and I want you to fuck me. But I don't want you to waste my time and go down on me if I'm not going to come from it. Like, I don't know. I'm just over there, like, looking at my watch, like, okay, yawn, stretch. Are we ready to fuck now? Because I'm ready. <laughs> but well, I, I understand some men love to go down on girls, so that's why they do it. And, you know, sure. If I really like the guy, then I'll allow him to. <laughs> okay, then. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, all right, so you did your first year was not very wild, but then you really sort of jumped into the world of wild scenes. And I think you were doing, you know, anals and double anals and all kinds of stuff. Um, what stands out from that period for you then, the scenes that you remember the most? Um, 
So I never did any double anal or double badge, but I did do lots of DPs. And then okay. when I say lots, there was probably uh, like five or so. And DP <laughs> is what for, for people that are in the audience? Oh, for, they, for those of you that don't know, DP is double penetration. So that means you have a, a cock in your mouth and a cock in your pussy at the same time. Gotcha. Which is a little bit mechanically kind of weird, but it's a lot of fun. So I did those. I did lots of lesbian scenes, lots of boy-girl scenes. But I think that maybe my scenes just got wilder in the sense of I was doing better scenes because I was actually getting off on what I was doing. Right. So you were you were a very aggressive though. Um, you came across <laughs> in your scenes as somebody who attacks the cock, which to me is a def- is a defining thing for elite talent. Well, isn't that kind of how you and I met is you were wanting me to work for your company because I was aggressive and kind of went for the cock and attacked the cocks. And you were like, I want you, I want you. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not a dominant girl. And you saw something in me that maybe I never even saw, which is how our friendship even blossomed along. Yeah. You know, the first time we met, I was actually telling Jim about a second ago before we got on the air. I'm not sure if you actually remember this, but it was at AVN one time and I just saw you walking down a hall and I thought you were somebody else. So I came up to you <laughs> and it was like, it was something like, Hey, Brittany, how are you? Hey, it's Glenn. How you been? And then we you talked thought I was for Brittany like, Sky? <laughs> it might've been Brittany Sky. So then <laughs> like 10 or 15 minutes, we're walking down the hall together, just chatting like old friends. And then you never bothered to tell me that you're not Brittany or whoever it was. <laughs> Because you're that just so amazing. nice. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, we'll just role play this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how you are. You're like, oh, good. Now I have a new friend. Uh, yeah. Even though he thinks I'm somebody else. Um, no, but but then I did. I did. I wanted to book you to be in the videos and you said no, I think. And then I, I had to ask yep. somebody to talk you into it, right? Or or somebody. You did. And I'm trying to remember who it was you did have talk me into it. Was it Josh Hunter? Hmm. Maybe Nikki Hunter. Maybe it could have been, but you did. Somebody, um, yeah. somebody talked me into it, and then I once I was in your world, I never wanted to not be in your world. Yeah, yeah, and you became a very good uh, dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, um, which is really you know it's interesting because that's it's not your personality to be um, to be mean to anybody. Now bossy, perhaps. <laughs> but... <laughs> very bossy, that's for sure. <laughs> But that just goes to show you the reason I mentioned that to all you peeps out there. And by the way, you're listening to Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our special guest, Brookhaven. Um, No, the reason I bring it up is that there's all types of doms. And this is something that gets kind of misunderstood out there. You know, when you think dom, dominatrix, you think of a girl who's dressed in leather with her hair pulled up and a little bun and stern look on her face with a whip out ready to hurt somebody who hates men. But there are all types of doms, and and you know my website meanbitches.com is really all about women using men for their pleasure and getting what they want, and so that's why it's perfect for a girl like Brooke over here who is sensual, sexy, manipulative, knows how to use her body to get men to do what she wants. That is a very good description of me. I love it. I'm keeping that. And you know, when I think of a dom, the first woman that comes to mind, just in my genre of friends, whatever, is Helly Hellfire. Yes. She is quite the dom <laughs> and mistress and all of the above. Yeah. We plan if to I have Helly ever... on very soon. Oh, She's... I need to take lessons from her, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Everybody could. And life. and she's your kind of dom because she's blonde and beautiful and glamorous looking. And that's the kind I like yes. as well. Yeah. We have the same taste in our women, even though mine are from the waist up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right. Which, so... we establish, which we establish is very <laughs> LBT friendly. Okay. So yeah, there's no problem. There. Very. No, I have no problem. I love watching it. It's just I don't want to do all that work. <laughs> yes. We all love. Yes, but um, I'm all for it. Okay, so after you became a superstar, you became a mentor for other performers. This is a very interesting evolution for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You started training other girls how to feature dance. 
uh, you started working over at the talent agency that you were signed up with. You were production manager for me. How did this come about where you became one of the, the great mentors of the industry? I guess it just kind of came with me being the girl that gave the girl the feature dance lessons and then going on the road with some girls and, you know, going on the road with the girls can be very lonely. So especially the ones that are newer to the industry. So then they would start talking to me about things. And then I just kind of started giving my unsolicited advice sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Which we need Um, in the industry. Right. I think we do because sometimes people don't know what questions to ask or like might just be afraid to bring the things up or, um, and, and I guess it just maybe people just started trusting what I was saying or doing, or maybe I just had a good reputation in the industry. I wish I knew how it really came about, but I'm so honored and grateful and I love it. It makes me feel so happy to be a mentor for the girls. Well, let's pull back the curtain of porn a little bit here and explain to people how okay. things work. Tell people when an 18 year old girl gets on the runs away from home and gets on the bus from Kansas and arrives here to become a porn star. What training does she get before she goes onto the job? None, zero, (laughs) not a dang thing. Um, And a lot of people, they probably ask you guys this day to day too, in different circumstances, maybe conventions when fans come across you. Um, Is there a casting couch real? Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, (laughs) Well, no, not necessarily, but there are sometimes young girls that get on the wrong sets where, you know, the director might be like, well, before you do this actual senior book for, I have to test you out. So hop yeah. on, hop on the cock. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you no, know, we've heard from... from Kansas. Well, just get on that cock. <laughs> yeah. And I think every single performer that's been on our show has said that she's had numerous, that has, that's happened numerous times, y- you know, and it's. It starts with the go see, right? Like when you yes, went on always. your first go sees, how many or or you know, tell us about what directors tried what kind of weird stuff on you. Honestly, because I was with LA Direct Models, um, and I was actually at the time dating Derek. So uh, the directors, yeah. it never actually happened to me. It never nobody ever like was like, Oh yeah, before the scene, this is what we're gonna do. The most that they ever did to me um, was kind of try and slip an extra set of pretty girls in and an outfit change kind of thing without it going over it with Derek. Um, <clears throat> but nobody ever did it to me, but I just knew so many girls that it was happening to on a day to day. This it's is fun. a big thing these days too. Um, I, was, so I, was gonna, I was just going to say, Glenn, what, you know, what you're talking about is almost everybody to a person that we've had on thus far has said exactly the same thing about it was tried, but they, you know, they resisted it and they were cautioning younger women who were getting into the business. You don't have to go that way. So yeah. Like don't fall for that one. Oldest trick in the book. (laughs) Yeah. We had Christina Rose on a few weeks ago, Brooke. She said, what's the big deal? The director asks if he can have sex with you on set and you just smack him in the face and then (laughs) right, just move on. It works for Christina. Right? Okay, that's the perfect answer then. I love it. (laughs) Um, No, so here's a a crisis that's happening in porn right now is that – so because everyone is doing clips for sale and I want clips in all these clip stores, and there are a lot of producers who get paid um, like a flat rate by the production company, and then it's up to them to figure out how to to spend the budget, they will – Ask the girl, uh, okay, you know, but now before we do the scene, put on a different outfit. Let's go on to a different set. And now we're going to film a JOI, which is a jerk-off instruction. That's a solo video clip where the girl looks at you and and just tells you to jerk off for her. And the girls, you know, the 18-year-olds are like, oh, okay, I guess that's part of the scene. But the girls who have been around a while are like, oh, no, 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 no. You're asking (laughs) asking me to do a different scene here. You're, You're just trying to get extra footage out of me for something, a separate purpose, and you're not paying me extra. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what it was. And that's what directors have tried to do with me before without the handjob part, which I love. By the way, just for the audience and for you guys, Glenn, you probably already know this about me. I love watching men jerk off. That is my thing. (laughs) I don't know what it is. A lot of girls are like, oh, a penis is ugly. Nope, it's not. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, and I can look at penises all day. And if you're going to jerk off for me, I'm down. 
And, but, and you're, you're kind of an expert on hand jobs as a result. Because <laughs> right? remember when you were production manager for me, I would tell you that, okay, listen, I need you to go quietly pull that girl aside and explain to her how to give a good hand job so that the rest yes, of the team looks good. and blow job too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's you and I, I think, between ourselves, we should be like, how is it? But how do girls not know how to do it? <laughs> you know, like, right. Like they, sometimes they would just literally put the cock in their hand and kind of like almost as funny as it is, but try and blow on the cock as a blowjob. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. What are you doing here? Well, you wanted me to blow him, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> not blow on it. Again, these girls get no training, Jim. They need, None. I mean, they really need, every agency should actually hire somebody like Brooke over here mm-hmm. to to do like, you know, a two or three step course for them, a beginner master's. level, yeah. advanced level, expert level on some of the basics. But it's not just that. It's how do you prepare before you go to set? What do you bring with you? So have you ever well, thought that, about doing yeah. that? No, but I mean, well, not until recently. I would say over the last couple of months, I've thought more and more about it. And what brought it on is I actually went to New York. I flew to New York and I shot for a company and we did this pizza shoot for a magazine and a pizzeria. And I hired, they didn't have a makeup artist. So I knew what rate I was getting. And I set aside a amount of money to hire a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to look my best. This is going in a magazine. I brought tons of heels. I brought wardrobe, panties, bras, whatever it is, even though they gave me no direction. They're like, just come. So I did my best. I was ready for my shoot. And there was about four or five other girls that were in this magazine shoot with me. I didn't know them. They had all flown in from different parts. <clears throat> and I get in the car and I'm looking at some of these girls, which are like, some of them were penthouse pets. Some of them shot for Playboy. Some of them were actual porn stars. And they all look terrible. Like they just rolled right out of bed. Yeah. No makeup, barely brushed their hair. And then, you know, then we get to set and I'm putting on my heels and a G-string and I'm like, okay, now what else do you guys want me to put on? And these girls don't have G-strings or heels for that matter. Yeah. So they were relying on these people to bring them wardrobe and shoes and it wasn't communicated. And these girls didn't want to spend their own money to hire a makeup artist or you know, and after that, it really set into me, like, somebody really should go around in some kind of start, some kind of business for these girls for consulting, beginners, porn consulting or something. It's a brilliant idea. I don't know. If you want to start up a little company, I'll back you. I don't think you need much money to start it up, but talk to me if you want help getting that going, because I think you would be not only really good at it, and every agency should, would and should want to hire you, I think. Um, your company for that but um, it would be very helpful as a producer I would love it if girls would show up that were trained because right now I I really won't shoot anybody who hasn't been in the industry for a year and I think you've you've usually been that way right I mean ever since I could remember you would not want to shoot a girl that was too brand new brand new because you didn't want to have the instances where she doesn't know what to do with the cock or what to bring the set or to get her test or that's the other thing, you know, if the, these girls aren't in like an agency, they may not know to get a test. <laughs> they may have let their test expire because nobody's there to remind them. But that's amazing. Glad we should talk deeper into that because I'm very, very enticed. And I think it'd be great. It would be. And, and by the way, the problem with my strategy of not shooting girls um, until they've been in the industry for a year these days like 60% of them don't last the full year. So really, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm missing oh out God. on a lot of good ones because they get in the industry, they do it. And then they, they get out for various reasons. Although in some cases it's good reasons. Um, you, you know, a lot of them just okay. get in the industry just to build a name. And then they use that name to be successful with, their clip other stores and, and other other things. Well, we're going to ask uh, Brooke about some advice that she would give and get into that segment. But first, Jim, let's yes, tell let's tell our uh, audience about the amazing sponsor of ours, Blue Chew. So, Jim, BlueChew.com is our sponsor these days. And for me personally, I, I can endorse it with incredible personal experience. I am a 50-year-old guy who performs in adult entertainment. And that's not easy to do when you're a 30-year-old guy. Uh, performing in adult videos means 
that you have a whole crew of people around you. You got lights, you've got money on the table because if you can't perform, then you're not going to get a full scene in. So you're going to lose the money that people put out for that day, paying for the performers, paying for the set, paying for the makeup artists, paying for all the food, et cetera. So the pressure is on is what I'm saying. And sometimes as a 50 year old guy, you need a little bit of help uh, in the area of, uh, of getting an erection. Very simple. And you've got choices. I mean, you certainly can get your Viagra and your Cialis, but there's a much better alternative, and that's BlueChew, BlueChew.com. I am a customer of theirs. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. It's the same ingredients that are in Cialis. So you're getting the real thing and the same ingredients that are in Viagra. But one of the differences is, besides the lower cost, is that since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill that you swallow. So uh, the problem here, if you're taking the pill, is that once you're in the middle of sex and you know you need it, you may not have time. The girl might give up on you if it takes you an hour to be ready. For me personally, and I can't guarantee results for anybody but myself, um, it takes about 20 minutes to kick in as opposed to an hour for me when I chew the pill that I get from from Blue Chew. So uh, essentially, it's sexual performance on demand so that you can be ready when you need to be ready. Now, Blue Chew is prescribed online, so you don't have to go to a doctor for this. You basically just go into a little box and explain to them what your problem is. They have a doctor review it online and then prescribe you with what you need. So you don't have to wait in the pharmacy, which I've done many times. Uh, you don't have to go pharmacy shopping, which I've had to do many times because Cialis and, and um, Viagra are very expensive. Uh, and it's nothing embarrassing about this at all. They ship it to you in a very, very discreet little package. It's like a little envelope. Uh, it's made in the USA. Okay, So I know some of you out there, my friends that I know, have been getting their erectile dysfunction drugs from India or Canada or whatever. You don't need to do that anymore. This is made in the United States, um, and they prepare it and ship it direct, so it's much cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's the good news. Uh, Jim, you ready for this? This is the yes, deal sir. that we've got for our listeners. You go to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and you get your first shipment free when you use our special promo wow. code. Yeah. So That's the hard to code, pass up. It should be. So I'm very serious about this, my listeners, uh, all of you out there. If you haven't tried this, there's no reason to not give it a try. Um, you'll find that this really works. This isn't one of those things that you get at the gas station where it's like a knockoff pill. This is the real thing. So use our promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T. You're going to pay $5 shipping, but you're going to get your first order of Blue Chew uh, and you can choose between um, the thing with the ingredients for Viagra or Cialis. You're going to pay $5 shipping and get your first order for free. So, again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code ADULT. Again, I am a customer. I say this with all sincerity. It works. It's the better, cheaper, faster choice. Give it a try. Then we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, so there you go, Blue Chew. And uh, Jim, now let's get right back into it with Brooke Haven. So, Brooke, advice. As we talked about, you've got tons of it to give here. Uh, so, so many young people are getting into adult entertainment. Actually, before they even get into adult entertainment, they're thinking about getting into adult entertainment. And it has a huge impact on your life. So talk about how getting into the adult entertainment industry affected your personal life and your love life. Oh, boy. Well, you, you being one of my very best friends in the world have seen all kinds of things with me in my love life and, and also struggling with, um, you know, trying to relocate to Texas once and trying to get a real job out there. And so basically what you don't think about, and I didn't have anybody at there. Again, there was no mentor. There was nobody to give me advice. Um, I never invested any money. That should be something that these girls are definitely taught a lesson on. Um, definitely invest your money immediately. Just start investing right away. Put a nest egg away for yourself because when you stop shooting, that day will come. Whether it's you that decides to or your family or your boyfriend or whatever it is. If you don't have a nest egg put away, your bills are still coming in. And you're not making the money you're used to making. And that happened to me. So I can definitely give girls a lot of advice on what not to do there. 
Um, and as far as love life, nobody was ever there to tell me, well, you know, this is going to really affect you in your life. And if you decide to have children one day or get married, these videos are never going anywhere. So just because you hung up your G-string and decided you're going to walk away from the industry in some form or fashion, those videos are never going anywhere. They're there until you're, they're going to outlive you most likely in some fashion, even though we don't do DVDs or any of that anymore, VHS, it's now online and it's never going anywhere. And after that, there'll be another platform they'll put them on. Um, you know, there's a lot of bullying that goes on in schools that I've always imagined if I had ever had kids, that my kid might experience quite a bit of bullying because people are mean. Yeah. They're mean. And they'll just use that against you. And then you have to think about falling in love. So what if you fall in love, which I've fallen in love many times. And he, you know, a lot of times we start dating these guys. And at first they're so all about it. I'm dating Brooke Haven. She's a porn star. She's hot. Check her out. Look at this. I'm going to take my porn star everywhere with me. And then the longer you date that person, more feelings get involved and love happens or lust or whatever. And they don't want anybody else to touch you. They don't want you doing porn. They don't want you dancing naked on a stage, feature dancing. Right. So, right. You, you know, and they, they may, their families might have a huge issue with it and not want them to marry you or date you because of that. And it doesn't matter. You could be the best human being on the planet. To them, you're always going to be the dirty porn star. That's yeah. an embarrassment to them. So that's something I wish somebody would have kind of pointed out to me and let me think about because there's no rewinding it now. Right. There's no going back. Yeah. No, you are who you are at this point. You are who you are. And I don't know. I guess I kind of wonder because you do see couples in the industry. Maybe they're both in the industry and they're dating or end up married or you see. And Glenn, you may or may not be able to agree with me on this. I think maybe deep inside you agree. You've seen it happen a lot. You'll see the most beautiful porn star with the nerdiest, <laughs> weirdest yeah. thigh you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And you're like, wow, how does this work? And he like doesn't work, doesn't have a job. She supports him. And it's yes. because I think it's because you want to be loved and you want to be held by somebody at the end of the day. You want to be accepted. Right. And sometimes they settle for these guys that are obsessed with them because maybe they're a fan one day or they're just dorky dudes with no self-esteem and you know they're okay with it or they're living on your paychecks or whatever it is and these girls just want to have somebody and yeah. so and it's that's, usually I think, how that the wrong up. person exactly we've seen that time and time again in a lot of sad fashions and it's you know, some, I think we have a name for that, like a suitcase pimp sometimes when, you know, they're dating this guy that's drives the guy's driving their Mercedes around town or their Lexus while they're on set having a sex scene with a guy and the guy's cheating on them with another girl and driving their car around. Actually, I believe that's happened to me a time or two. (laughs) (laughs) But but then like even sadder is that the girl, so, so you know, she becomes sort of dependent upon that guy for those things that yeah. you just mentioned—the security blanket. And meanwhile, she knows she's with the wrong guy, so she's trying to figure out how to get rid of him in a nice way. And then he he goes, you know, like so. So it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those companies where they never fire anybody, but they just sort of manage them out of the department. They just treat the person poorly until the person quits on their own. A lot of these girls do that. They know they're with the wrong guy, so they mistreat him, um, and then he finally says, okay, I'm gone, and then they're sad. Then the girl's depressed because her ego takes The love of my life is gone, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm all alone now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That just happened to a very close friend of ours, you know. Did it? Uh, Really? Yeah. Oh, you don't know how to – okay, I'll tell you off the air. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do. Yeah, we'll we'll say it off air, but yeah. But yeah, Yeah. and it's like – you don't want to be with them, but when they do leave, it's like, oh, wait, but I love them. Come back. And it's like, wait a minute. What the hell just happened? <laughs> so it never but, really um, ends. And so people, no. you, you need to understand this if you're thinking about getting in the industry that it is going to make it very hard for you to find love. And then it's not just that, but um, it can be difficult to get a bank account or, or difficult to get an apartment, for example. 
Well, yeah, that's what I had experienced greatly, greatly. I experienced it when I moved away to Texas. I thought I fell in love, so I moved away to Texas to this guy's family's cattle ranch. And, you know, his family hated me, hated the idea of me. And so I got out there and then they got to know me and took a liking to me. And it was all about, okay, you need to get a real job. Yes, I do. And I went through hell trying to be accepted there, trying to get a real job. And it was like, it was East Texas. And Glenn, you're from Texas, so you're very familiar with Texas. But yeah, and you're from the East bigger Texas. parts of Texas. But East Texas is so little and so closed mind that if you're blonde with fake tits and a bunch of tattoos without the porn being attached to you, you're banished. But then if you put <laughs> porn into it, you're really just get her out of this town. I'm surprised they honestly didn't put me on a stake and try and burn me at the stake. But it was bad. <laughs> I, I, was about, I was about to say they were going to rush to Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Jezebel. The members, right. yeah. <laughs> for the audience members that don't, they might be like, well, why would you tell people in Texas you did porn? Well, there was this thing called WikiLeaks years ago. So whenever you Google or you do anything legal with my legal name, then Brookhaven stuff pops up immediately. Yeah. So there was, I will try to get on with Blue Cross Blue Shield out there. And I went through, there's like seven phases of the interview process over a month's time. And I made it through all six until the last one was the seven, which was the background check. And I mean, they loved me. I flew through the interviews. I got all the answers right they needed on the test. I was timely. I was, everything was great. But that background check, that was the end of me. I got the letter of, thank you so much for applying. But no, I, I actually got three denial letters. And it has, I don't have a criminal record. I don't yeah. have a speeding ticket. I've never been to jail. And um, I remember his mother, the boy I thought I fell in love with, his mother said to me when that was going on, because I was crying and I didn't understand it. And she said, well, you know what? I'm a business owner. And if I had you in front of me that had a career in porn, and I had an ex-convict that got out of prison, I would hire the ex-convict over you because I wouldn't <laughs> want the sexual harassment laws. That's so brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. And I was <laughs> Thanks, like, lady. Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm moving back to L.A. then. How about that? <laughs> you guys can take all your stuff and shove it. <laughs> Could have said it nicer, oh. but okay. Yeah, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the area of the country that gave you Ted Cruz. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to Let's Talk Adults with Glenn King and Jim Williams and our special, special guest, Brooke Haven. Glenn and I will be right back right after this from BMW. Life is about making decisions. At BMW I, we decided it was time to reinvent the car from the ground up. Making sure we were open for truly innovative ideas. We decided that the car we wanted must be electric. And it should be made of extremely light and super strong carbon fiber. And finally, we decided to make it more intelligent and added our promise of incomparable driving pleasure. We made all these decisions to offer you a choice. The all-electric BMW i3. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five-cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. Welcome back to Let's Talk It All with Glenn King and Jim Wood. Moving on to happier things here. I'm looking <laughs> at Please God. Yes. Looking at your Instagram now. There's so much I could ask you about this. Let's just take a look here at um from December third. Great to see you and finally catch up with you last night in LA, Mr. Vince Neal. Explain this. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is quite funny. I love okay. Glenn knows this about me. Jim, you may or may not know this about me. Everything in my life, I'm, I'm going to be putting a book out. I don't know how I'm going to write it one day, but everything in my life, I just do it. 
and I take risks and I do things because it's all life is one big book and each page each day is a page in your book mm -hmm. and I laugh at my life all the time so now whenever people bring up Tommy Lee or Vince Neil my whole thing is well you might learn from me don't date two guys in the same band <laughs> first of all um so I dated Tommy first and a few Tommy years Lee. after I dated Tommy Lee of Two Motley years Crew. after I dated of Motley Crue, <laughs> two years after I dated him and we had broken up. Um, so while I dated Tommy, I never met Vince because when we would go on tour and do things together, they didn't speak to each other at all. They all had separate buses. You know, they might be on stage together, but they never said a word to each other. They all hated each other. So I never met Vince. It was never a thing. So me and Tommy break up. And then a few years later at a golf tournament of Vince's that I was working, I met him and we both liked each other and we both started dating and I went on tour with him and there was a lot of crazy stories. God, I wish we had time to tell them all right one. Cause I'm yes, sure you remember the one that, when I went but... to, to Florida with him, when he was fucking the girl in the room that I walked in on, if we can all recall. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> but um, when you're dating a rock star, I guess that's what you get. Yeah. But I had great timing time. is everything. Yes. But yeah. I think you said something there. I want to go back real quick. People didn't know. So so Tommy and Vince took separate tour buses and didn't like each other? They did not like each other. Not well, none of them. The whole band didn't like each other. <laughs> Nikki Six, Mick Mars, <laughs> Tommy Lee, Vince Neil. They didn't they had separate dressing rooms, they had separate buses, they did not interact at all. But they had to go on tour together. So yeah. I mean, it would be one thing if I had met Vince through Tommy and that would be really weird and very disrespectful on my end. But to me, it was like, to me, they were in a different band, technically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they might have shared a stage a time or two. But, um, and it was funny because when I was talking to Vince and I was going to admit to him I dated Tommy, I remember we were at the first seasons and I was like getting pretty drunk because I knew I had to bring this up. And I was like, I have to tell you something. It's going to upset you. And he's like, babe, what's wrong? what is it <laughs> just tell me babe what is it and i'm like i don't know you're gonna be so mad and i like <laughs> you so much and i don't want you to be mad and he's like what did you fuck tommy <laughs> and i was like well yeah oh. a lot <laughs> and he's like ah, i thought it was gonna be something bad everybody <laughs> fucked tommy i don't care babe That's good. <laughs> i was like yeah okay well that went over easy Right. But Tommy did not like it so much. I remember we had gone on tour, me and Vince, and we were all going to Sturges bike rally. And Vince flew in before me, and I had flown in, and the limo had come to pick me up from the airport, and I was in the limo. And Vince called me, and he was laughing, and he's like, Well, Tommy's uh, manager just called my manager and said he's not happy that my ex girlfriend, that his ex girlfriend's coming in to see you now, Vince. And it was like a thing, but Vince didn't give a shit. And, you know, at the time I was like, he has, Tommy has another girlfriend. Who cares? He has a fiance actually. So why does it matter? But, you know, I guess it did matter to him at some point, which, which is good because then he cares. But yeah, that was quite the funny scenario. But then years later, you know, me and Tommy made up and we're all friends now. So Fast forward, I become friends with Vince's newest girlfriend. And I say newest, they've been together maybe seven years or so now, six, seven years. Um, she's a sweetheart. Her name is Rain. She's beautiful from the inside out. I respect her, love her. Um, and she's always telling me, thank you for being so respectful of me and Vince's relationship. And she is the one that actually reached out to me the other day and invited me to the show in LA and got me passes. <clears throat> So I went and I think it had been maybe six years, five, five or six years since I saw either of them. And it was great. It was great to catch up and see Vince and introduce Vince to some of my girlfriends. And then, you know, you post the picture and everybody's like, oh, my God, you know, Vince Neal. And I get all these phone calls now. You're just out living your best life, partying with rock stars. And in my mind, I'm like, I've always done that. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing new. Where have yeah. you guys been? <laughs> And there you have it, but, the story of how um, Brookhaven almost broke up Motley Crue, the band. Yeah! Woo, me! <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to keep moving us along because I, I hate that we run out of time on these podcasts. I have so much more to ask you. We haven't even gotten to the stories yet. I'm going to skip I'm gonna skip the rest of these uh, Instagram things, although I will note that I see David Arquette on here. 
I see an unnamed guy in a picture that looks a lot like George Lopez. <laughs> Maybe Dolph Ziggler. I think I see Dolph Ziggler in here. This is all on her Instagram. You guys just go check out her Instagram. Can I say your Instagram on here? That's yeah. that's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do it. So it's Life of Serena XO. That's uh, Life L I F E O F S E R E N A X O. And then what's the rest of your social media while we're at it? You have any more? Um, yeah, I do have. I have a Twitter. Then I'm on Once in a Blue Moon. I should be on there more, and that's. At Miss Brookhaven, M I S S B R O O K E H A V E N. Um, I think that's about it. I have an Instagram for Brookhaven, and I think it's at Miss Brookhaven XO, maybe, or something. <laughs> I don't even know. I need to be on that for two. But it is all my pages, so don't think you're finding the fake pages if you find those. They're definitely mine. Um, good, good. What we should do, Glenn, is we should have more of these little phone things like maybe once a week we should go over stories in my life <laughs> <laughs> yes we definitely are going to have you back as a guest on this show for part two um no doubt let's just tell a couple of stories here because some of these are so epic that the whole industry <laughs> talks about like literally i was on set last week and my makeup artist was talking about oh do you remember there was a party in the industry back like 10 years ago where war machine went and i was like oh god <laughs> remember that was my birthday party that was our party <laughs> it was, yeah broken mind <laughs> so let's tell the war machine story now just let me just set this up here because okay. what happened jim mm-hmm. was that so Brooke and I have birthdays that are three days apart, so we decided to have a nice little birthday party. And a friend of ours had his own little studio that they shot adult movies in, uh, a studio which, by the way, is featured in a new movie. That's a whole different subject because something horrible happened there a year or two later. But we'll get into that yeah, another time. True. Um, okay, so they lent us the place for free and it's, and it decided to work for us for free. They provided a bartender and you know there was – there was booze they were serving out, whatever. And each of us decided we will only invite our closest 25 friends so that we can keep <laughs> this a small gathering. So I then came up with my list of 25 people and presented it to Brooke over here. And then she gave me her list of 25 people. And then her other lists of 25 and 25 and then another 25. And then her basically her list had around 200 people. So it's like, no, you have to narrow this down to just your closest friends. It's like a soup wedding. My closest friends. Yes. She crossed everyone off the list that she could that wasn't her closest friend, and that left her with around 150. <laughs> All right. So yeah. then, so you pick up from there. So um, I had always liked USC fighters, wrestlers, things, celebrities, rock stars, whatever. So there was talk in the industry that there was this um, UFC fighter that was going to get into porn and he was really sexy and blah, 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 blah. So then, of course, I'm like, well, this is my chance. Um, I'd like to meet this guy. And lo and behold, I got booked a scene with him. And his name was War Machine. (laughs) And I showed up to... Nice name. Seemed like a nice fellow. Yeah. Um, You might remember, too, Glenn, that when I first got booked with him, I was highly concerned because I have veneer teeth and I don't like to be hit in my face at any time. And they told me that our scene was going to be like, we were boxing UFC stuff or whatever. And I was like, um, <laughs> Glenn, I don't know if I can do this. Like, what am I? And he's like, they're not going to really hit you in the face. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So I went and I did this scene and it was great. And we had a great sex scene. And I was like, you know, tomorrow's my birthday party. And I'm already way over max on my guest list. What's one more? Sure. Would you like to be one of my very good friends and come to my birthday? And he's like, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> so then I'm going to interject Glenn again because I'm at home. I have people that flew into town. I'm hosting people. We're all getting ready. Um, and Glenn gets to the party early. And then what, Glenn? He was very nice. War Machine showed up like an hour before the party started. And it's like, hey, man, it's good to meet you. Um, how can I help? He was blowing up balloons for us and setting things up. And, and I was like, this is a great guy. <laughs> he's not but, a scary UFC fighter at all. <laughs> no, he's actually not that big, too. I mean, he's, he's you know, like 5'8 or 5'9. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a strong looking guy, but but not huge. And he was friendly. Okay, so but then things kind of took a turn for the worse. Remember, we had people complaining to us during the party. 
Yeah, people kept coming up to me and Glenn and saying, hey, I think this guy's doing coke or mixing coke and something, and he's, you know, he's getting all weird, and, you know, he's he's starting little fights here and there, and like we're like, huh, I haven't seen him start any fights, but okay, yeah, we'll keep our eye on him, and we were trying to tell people, don't give him any drugs. Don't give that guy drugs. Don't give him anything. And we pulled <laughs> his friend aside. At this point. M- oh, yeah, we, we pulled his we, friend aside yeah. that, brought it, that he brought, and we're like, you need to control him because we're getting complaints. Like, make sure he doesn't do anything. It's like, I got him. I got my eye on him. Don't worry. Nothing will happen. And then. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then I, I, I do remember we knew we had a problem, but we were both getting wasted. It was our birthdays, right? So <laughs> yeah, we were totally wasted. I know. I, well, I had a date and we were back somewhere in the back of the place and I was just blitzed out of my mind and she was giving me a lap dance or something i'm super happy and somebody comes up to me and they're like glenn glenn you got to come right now i'm like no i don't i'm happy she goes, no no your, your war machine is beating up your bartender so i'm like oh shit so i'm like but but that's not I, I think to myself damn the bartender's working for us for free and they get and, you know they're so nice to let us have this place for free so i'm like all right so i went out there and the good news is that he was not beating up the bartender however Thanks, you pick this up again? Yeah. So, however, my uh, my friend Joey, I guess, was talking to War Machine's date, Alana Ray. And they were outside, I guess, talking in the parking lot. And I guess War Machine just lost his mind and just started knocking people out left and right. Like, not, <laughs> not, and not Joey, by the way. <laughs> Never even hit Joey. <laughs> No, but wait, wait, wait. So you're skipping a little bit here. Oh, am I? Yes. So, um, so he casually count at the end. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So (laughs) sorry about that. Go ahead. Carry on. The war machine was grabbing every girl in the place. His date was outside or his girl, I guess he wasn't his date, but she was a girl that was dating him or something. Alana was outside and talking to some casually to some other guy. So, so war machine goes out there and he hits her from what I understand. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. He hit her. Or something. At which point all these porn people try to jump in and stop it. Nobody in our world is brave enough to attack him. So but we're trying to stop him from hitting her. Like, hey, you don't need to do that. Let's, you know, let's not do that here. And that didn't go well. <laughs> right. No, and that's when I came outside. But apparently, Derek, her agent, had had bravely gone in as well. I don't know what Derek said to him, but I do know that Derek told him to to back off. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I arrived and saw War Machine. He had his hands clenched in fists, and he was pacing back and forth like an angry tiger. And so then I look around. And I'm like, okay, this is not good. Everybody was saying to him at the time, like, um, okay, calm down. Nobody wants any trouble here. So I took it around to look because there was a police officer friend of ours who was in the crowd yeah. somewhere. So I'm looking around for that coward who had then I'd probably gotten his car and driven away. Uh, and as I was looking back, I got hit in the face. Like War Machine just went off and started hitting people. It was a one-two combination. And even Whoa. in my drunkenness, Jim, I took 10 years of martial arts. So right, the right. one thing I know is how to get hit and how to fall down. Like right. I never was the greatest fighter, but – Mm-hmm. Um, luckily my training kicked in and I ducked out of the way the second punch, but, but then, by then he'd already run off. So then he's chasing your agent around the place. <laughs> he's chasing my agent around, but he also, is this before, or after he knocked out Alec completely cold, Alec Knight? That, so yeah, well, on his way to chasing your agent, he, well, he, he started off by hit, doing these one, two combos to random people that were in the vicinity of him. And one of them was our Not good friend Alec Knight. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's got a drink in one hand a ci- and a cigarette in the other, and he's talking to Nikki <laughs> Hunter. And then he, apparently, according to Nikki, he wakes up a minute later and he's like, or according to Alec, he says, "I woke up, going, hey, why am I on the ground?" And Nikki's like, "Well, well, you got hit in the face." And he's like, "Why would anybody <laughs> hit <do>. me?" <laughs> Which is true because Alec Knight is so nice. In non-drama, that why would anybody hit him? (laughs) He never saw it coming. Um, And then at one point, I jumped 
or started hitting oh. war machines. <laughs> so then Brooke comes screaming out and jumps on war machines back. Oh my god! <laughs> At which yeah. He just dumped her off, so then she jumped on the other guy's back. Um, the which friend. I don't know why. The yeah. friend. I was so mad at him for letting this happen. And I was like, <laughs> you're not even stopping him. And then I start hitting him. <laughs> so then it was you're still so chasing Derek Hay of Direct Models around, the, around dumpster. the dumpster. And then he would hit him, and Derek would fall down, and then Derek would get back up and start running again. And meanwhile, all of everybody else – Derek, who is, you know, a very good agent, um, mm-hmm. is not the most beloved person in the industry. So we're mm-hmm. all kind of saying to each other, hey, should we help him? And everybody's like, hmm, <laughs> it is Derek. Mm, let's just see how it plays out, you know? <laughs> right. So, and then finally, how did that end? Nikki Hunter maybe talked him, talked him into running away? Uh, who in the Nobody talked War Machine into running away. I think somebody said the cops are coming. Yes, that's how she talked and to me. And he heard it. Yeah. yeah, the cops are coming. Call the police. The war machine gets in like a Ford Fusion or something. <laughs> Ford Escort. And takes off into the night. And the, the official car of UFC. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. So the casualty and, count uh, is like eight at that point. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's bodies laying on the ground. The fire department pulls up. The police are there. I'm crying on a curb. People are crying all over the place. There's blood everywhere. The cops have set, like yellow taped the whole fucking thing. <laughs> and then, mind you, it used to be a tradition where Evan Stone would come yeah. dance for me at every birthday party I had. <laughs> so Evan Stone is a performer with a great sense of humor who also used to be a male stripper. Yeah. So he shows up to the party at that point uh, wearing a fireman's outfit. <laughs> Well, I say to to Evan, hey, it's so great that you arrived late as usual. But as you can see, (laughs) this party is kind of over. We had an incident and he looks around at all the firemen and he goes, what are you talking about? This is the perfect time for me. And he walks through the (laughs) tape in his fireman outfit. Wait, wait, wait. It's not a stripper fireman's outfit that you buy in like a store because it's Halloween. Mm -hmm. This is real fireman turnout with boots. (laughs) And no shirt, but like the overalls on. <laughs> and he's cruising past the firemen in this outfit. And Nodding they're looking at him like. one of them. Yeah, like I'm one of you. Here I am. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes over to me, grabs my hand. I'm still in the corner crying. And I'm like, oh, And he's like, no, come on. This is no nonsense. You're not crying. Come on. We're going in. And. Let's go. And he takes me to the stripper pole and he sets me in a chair and proceeds to take his clothes off and strip for me during all this. <laughs> party, party resumes. Right yeah, it did. The show must go on. It, I know we're in overtime, on. Jim, but I have to tell the end of the story, the aftermath, oh, the yeah. next morning. So do you remember this, Brooke, the, after, the next yeah, morning? The, the, the birthday the presents. presents. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I only remember part of it, so you're going to have to fill in the blanks. But I was, like, upset, and I called Glenn, and I'm like, and my birthday present. Um, I think I left them all there or something. I was no, no, upset, you were crying like, because you said somebody opened your presents. You're like, oh, oh my yeah, God, somebody it was the worst night ever, presents. and now the worst thing happened to me. Somebody, somebody opened, opened, all opened my presents. Presents, and they probably <laughs> stole stuff. And, oh, my God, and Glenn says. Glenn says. <laughs> Uh, yes, I know exactly who the culprit is, <laughs> and I have evidence, and I can we can nail the person. So then I'm like, let me show you this video clip of you <laughs> opening up all your own presents. <laughs> yeah, no it's memory. another day with Brooke and Glenn. <laughs> Brooke and Glenn's adventures. Oh, yeah. oh my God! God, you know, I I I want to tell the the story of me um accidentally inhaling the Jeffrey, which Overdosing. I told with Sarah, Jesse. Uh, the night we got kicked out of the Leonard Skinner concert. Oh I mean, my! So many God. more things, but <laughs> we're out of time the for this Skinner one. one. You we have, have time Leonard's... for one more. Okay, all right, Jim. Um, so we went to Leonard Skinner. Now, granted, the Leonard Skinner concert we went to 
had remnants of Leonard Skinner. You, you know, do you yeah, hear music it was in the full sing? band. It's like the cousin of <laughs> Ronnie Van Zant and all these guys. But it was a good, great little place over at Universal Studios. We have this little group of like eight or nine of us there, and we mm-hmm. go in. I'm trying to remember exactly how this got started, but I believe what happened was somebody was sitting in our seats, right? Yep. Yep. Somebody was sitting in our seats. And me and Vanessa were gone. I think me and Vanessa got up to get a drink or something. Okay. And when we came back, uh, no, Chris went outside. No, yeah. So no. we went to go get drinks. And then when we came back, they, you guys were getting escorted out by security <laughs> out of like our seat area. And we're like, what the hell is going on? We followed you guys outside to find out what was happening. And then, so you can tell that what I've missed out on because we were gone getting a drink when the fight happened. Oh, that's funny because the way I, I remembered it is that I thought it was you who actually got into the – yeah, it was. you Because I looked over there and you're pointing your finger at the guy or he's pointing his finger at you and you guys are yapping back and forth at each other. So somehow you got in the middle of the the scrum, but that's that's you. Like you're not going to let people yeah. talk to your friends. That is true. But so it was Chris from Fox Modeling that was with us who actually got into the original argument with them, I think. <laughs> Where Over he basically, maybe, or yeah, because I would have been. I'm just like, hey, well, I'll go stand in these other seats over here. But I think yeah. what happened was we did go stand in in somebody else's seats because ours were taken, <laughs> and then they came and said you have to get out of our seats. So then we turned to the people that were in our seats and said you have to go, and then they said, you know, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. And then Chris starts jawing with them, and then you jumped in there because you know if Chris was Nobody with us, my friends, <laughs> that's probably when you and Vanessa came back. So then you start yelling at them. Um, <laughs> so then they, and then, so, oh, then you left, I think, because then they went and told security. So, so Jim, the guy that was with them had, uh, uh crutches. Mm-hmm. So he goes and tells security that I threw them down a stairs. Oh my God. <laughs> As if Glenn would ever do that ever. Uh, yeah. He's not that person ever. <laughs> I just trying to watch the, I had nothing to do with it. I was just watching the show. <laughs> Like, I literally looked over at them and went, oh, I see my friends are in a big fight. Well, I'm sure they'll mm-hmm. let me know if they need me. I'm going to watch the show. So, right. But then I get escorted out by security, and of my group of friends, of the, the rest of them kind of looked and went, oh, I see Glenn's getting escorted out. None of them made a move. <laughs> we'll just keep watching the show. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, he wasn't the one. So <laughs> then I'm getting dragged out. And uh, that's when, when Brooke and Vanessa came back. And so then she came with us. So, so then I'm telling the guys, like, if I threw him down a stairs five minutes ago, <laughs> how does he have crutches already? Like, how did he yeah. go to the hospital? And, and get crutches. And get, get his leg treated and get crutches. <laughs> he keeps it in the car. So they're over there getting ready to spin me around and put cuffs on me. When somebody else intervened, um, it was like the concessions Vanessa, people. Maybe? No, I no. think it was the concessions people who said, excuse me, that guy has been causing trouble all mm-hmm. night long. The guy in the crutches right. he yelled at us and whatever. And he had crutches on when he got here and so on. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so they let us. So go. they let us all go back to our seats. But um, yeah, that was a fun night too. <laughs> so many Man. fun nights. Glenn, we need to have campfire tales. We really do. Well, when you move to Vegas, that's what we're going to be doing all the time. <laughs> yes. All her best um, friends are in Vegas these days, so it's only a matter of time. That is true. They've all left me. Sarah, Jesse, and Glenn, my very bestest friends on the whole damn planet, gone. Gone Helly, from L.A. Helly's here, too. Yep. Well, Helly's always gone. She's been in Canada. <laughs> yeah. I'm used to her being gone. But you and Sarah, you guys are actually really gone now. And now I have to go to Vegas just to see you. Yes. <laughs> Well, we'd come Which more I will, often. because that's what friends do. All right. So um, tell us your social media one more time. And, and do, do, by the way, do you have any upcoming feature dancing gigs? I personally myself do not at the moment. Right now I'm kind of traveling uh, with a few of the girls mentoring. Um, but I'll post them when I do have feature dance gigs. And I'm also going to work on getting some other stuff going. So like Fan Centro and some other stuff. So Good. I'm going to be back fans. around in yeah. certain aspects and only fans and Glenn's going to be my mentor on all nah. that. He doesn't know it yet. He is. <laughs> happy to, happy to do it. <laughs> and it was a pleasure meeting you, Jim. Um, my social media is 
Life of Serena XO for Instagram. And then my Twitter is actually Miss Brookhaven. And I think I have an Instagram it's out there X, somewhere. Uh, it's Miss Brookhaven XO. I just looked there it up. There it is. Yeah. Uh, for which one? Oh, my That's, Instagram? Yes, that is your Instagram. Okay, perfect. Thank you. This is how no, my life I, goes, just so the audience knows. <laughs> Everybody remembers things for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just show up. Right. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. You know, if you haven't become one of the over 15,000 people who have yet subscribed to our podcast, we certainly make it simple. You can go to the iTunes store. We're part of the Apple Podcast family. We're part of, of Google Podcast family as well as Streaker, Stitcher, as so, also Spotify, YouTube, and a number of other places. Just, if you can't find it, it's not a problem. Just search Let's Talk Adult. That's Let's Talk Adult with Glenn King and Jim Williams and hit the favorite button and subscribe and you will have a new edition of the podcast sent directly to your phone or your, to your tablet or to both. So please go out and do that today. Now, if you want to get in touch with us, that's simple as well. You can send us questions, comments, whatever, to our email account, which is letstalkadult at gmail.com. That's letstalkadult at gmail.com. Okay, so there you go. Easy to follow, easy to subscribe. Do it today. Glenn, if you would be so kind, sir, take us out with a final thought. Final thoughts. Well, as you know, in the past, I've done a quote at the end of each show, but now I have a new thing I want to bring to you. Uh, as you know, each week we've been asking our performers to tell us what advice they would give to their young selves if they could go back in time. Now that I've turned 50, I'm actually compiling a little list of advice that I would give to myself at age 20. And I'm going to start sharing some of that information with you, our audience, because it is all extremely helpful, believe me. And the first thing on my list is this, which is know what the effects of each food is for you, okay? Any idiot can tell you to eat healthy when you're 20 years old and you're not going to listen to them anyway. I'm not saying eat healthy. I don't care what you eat. But what I do suggest is that you learn some foods will make you sleepy. Some will make you itch. Some will make your stomach upset. Some will give you energy. Some will keep you awake at night. Some will make you um, die. I don't know. I'm just saying that there are effects that every single food has. And because the effect doesn't happen right away, we don't realize what that effect is. But everyone needs to keep a little food journal. Trust me on this. Find out what the next day effects or the four hours later effects are of each food item, and you will be on the path towards eating the best foods for you and, uh, and leading a happier, healthier life. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Let's Talk Adults. See you next time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing new Firehouse Pairs. Pair your favorite small sub with a signature side, like the awesome five cheese mac and cheese. And remember, a portion of every purchase at Firehouse Subs goes towards helping first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations only, Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.